Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Uh, I want to just open with um, a scripture real quick. It's 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. And it says, But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having uh, promise of the life that, it, that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception. Um, or acceptation, sorry. Uh, you know, we, I, I'm, I, I don't bring up this scripture to say don't exercise. Just because it says bodily exercise profited little. Please, you know, keep yourself healthy. Um, but, it, but it truly is a good saying uh, that this scripture is getting at is that we are to exercise ourselves unto godliness. Or in other words, uh, discipline ourselves unto godliness just as we would exercise our physical body. Right? It's, it's like muscle memory. We have to pray every day. We have to get in the word every day. And once we do those things, they become habits in our life. And sometimes they seem small just starting off. Right? Maybe I started by praying 15 minutes a day. Right? We'll, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit more deep later. But maybe I start by praying 15 minutes a day. Maybe I start with a chapter a day in the Bible. Or maybe a couple of verses or whatever. It, you know, if you're not doing anything now. And you'll watch as these little habits that seem small turn into intimacy with God, turn into a hunger to linger in his presence, turn into uh, these Bible studies that go on and on for days, turn into fasting, maybe a meal that then turns into three days and so on. But we got to start somewhere. And when we start small, just like we saw in that domino video, which I love. When, when we begin to build momentum in these small disciplines, these small uh, godly habits, they turn into huge results down the road. Yes. Huge results. So for a second, I, I just want you to think about your, your last normal morning routine. I, I would argue that everybody has a morning routine, whether you feel like you do or not. We tend to be uh, creatures of habit. Doesn't matter how free spirited you are. I feel like I'm kind of a free spirit that I just kind of go with the flow. I've realized that's come back to bite me a couple times. But but that, you know whether you're the person that schedules every second of your day or whether you're the person that don't even know how to stick to a schedule like me, we have some kind of routine because we are creatures of habit. We fall into our systems, right? We talked about systems last week. We'll talk about them again today where everybody has one and sometimes they go like this get up to our uh, phone alarm we hit snooze three or four times we brush our teeth got got some snooze hitters in the house hit snooze three or four times get up go to the bathroom brush our teeth uh, dehydrate ourselves with more coffee um, <laughs> just to get that little boost in the morning uh, Get dressed. Uh, maybe you know. Maybe you get. Maybe you get some Bible reading time in. Maybe you get some prayer time in. 
rushing out the door. You take the exact same way to work every day. You get to work pretty much around the same time. And if you're like me, you're getting there two minutes before I have a meeting in the morning. Um, but, but we have these systems. And then if you continue throughout your day, maybe it looks a little bit like this. When you leave work, you leave work around the same time every day. You know, I, I know work kind of fluctuates for some people, but leave work around the same time every day. Take the same route home. Get road rage at the exact same place because traffic started. Get home, have dinner, maybe have a little bit of family time, and then you stay up way too late binge watching Netflix, go to bed at midnight, and then wake up at 6.30 next morning, wash, rinse, repeat. So that's one example of a system. And that is an example of somebody who maybe feels a little free-spirited, like myself. That's not my routine, okay? I've been better about that. But, um, but you know, and then maybe, maybe somebody else's morning routine looks like this. I get up at 6.15 every day, no snooze. Go use the bathroom, pound 12 ounces of water right away in the morning because when you sleep, you dehydrate. So pound 12 ounces of water right away in the morning before putting the coffee on. Put the coffee on, brush teeth, sit down for 30 minutes, read your Bible, spend time with the Lord. And then grab your coffee, get dressed, get out the door at the same time. But you, this time, you, in this scenario, you give yourself enough time to get to work, maybe 15 minutes early so you can prep for the day. And then you go, you go through your work day, take lunch around the same time, leave work, go home. You don't get road rage because you've taught yourself to, to be temperate in all things and, you know, be a nice person. Get home, put on dinner, spend some intentional family time together, and then go to bed at 9.30, 10 o'clock. Wash, rinse, repeat. Two examples of drastically different routines, but routines nonetheless. Because as humans, we do this. We, uh, whether you're intentional about building habits or not, you're building habits in your life. That's, that's just that's how our flesh operates. So uh, there was a really cool study that was done at Duke, uh, at Duke University around 2006. Um, I know it's a little old, but the stats still hold up. About 40% of the actions that you do every day are out of habit and not choice. 40%, almost half the things you do in a day are based on your habits, not choices that you make that day. Isn't that, that's, so much of our life is just based on our routines and our systems. This is why the scripture talks about how, uh, how we have to have spiritual disciplines in our life. That's why the uh, scripture talks, uh, talks about running the race, because you have to train your body to run a race. You have to have discipline. And our flesh, we know this. If we don't have discipline on our flesh, our flesh runs amok does whatever it wants, and ultimately shies away from the presence of the Lord. And we find ourselves in a place where we're not reading our Bible, we're not praying, we're far away from the presence of God, and we wonder, how in the world did we get here? It started small and has huge impact. But then the converse is the same, that when you start these habits of prayer, Bible reading, fasting, uh, uh, meditating on the Lord. When you begin these habits, the, the converse of the negative is the same in the positive, that when you do those little things over and over and over again, God can use you in a greater capacity. God will drop blessing into your life. God will put people in your path to be ministered to by you. God will use you in such powerful ways, but it starts small. So 
If you want to change the trajectory of your life, you must change, add, or break the habits in your life. It all begins with our habits. You know, this sermon series came at a very timely uh, point in my professional life, right? Because uh, I've really been focused this year on developing really good habits at work and in, in my personal life as well. And, and this, this sermon series has really challenged me to go the next step and to really start to dig into what I do and analyze my day in a way that I haven't really done before. But to really look, am I including God in everything that I do? And do I have the right habits that will, uh, that will allow God to move in my life? And I hope this sermon series has challenged you to do the same. So if we want to change the trajectory of our life, we must change the habits we do on a daily basis. Add to, take away, whatever it is. Praying every day is a habit. You know, we, we, a lot of times New Year's resolutions get a bad rap. <laughs> because, because by middle of February, usually they're out the door, right? I want to work out. Well, I'm in the gym for a month, and then I'm out the door, right? But we're going to talk about how to actually build habits, which is a really practical thing that we can do. Most of the time, the reason why resolutions fail is because we don't focus on the process of building a habit. We don't focus on the, So there's three parts. There's a trigger, an action, and a reward, which we'll talk about a little later. But we don't, we don't set ourselves up for success. How many of you write down... We'll start with goals. How many of you write down goals every year or regularly? A few people. A few people. I'm guilty of that until this year. <laughs> and the problem is if we, if we can't see where we're going, if we, if, we can't, uh, if we don't have like an end goal in mind when we begin a habit, it's very difficult to stay motivated to continue in that habit. So praying every day is a habit. I would ask you, what are your prayer goals this year? That's something we don't talk about. Where do I see myself next year? You know, something I learned um, in my professional life was that a really good way to keep yourself motivated is write a letter to yourself on December 31st of 2020 and tell yourself where you're at. So I am, you know, uh, I've paid off all of my credit card debt. <laughs> you know, like literally write to yourself what you want to see at the end of the year and revisit that every day. I would say, do we do that in our spiritual life? Hey, I'm convicted too, okay? I'm convicted too. So what, what are our prayer goals? What, what are our Bible reading goals? Do you want to read the Bible in a year? Do you have certain books you want to really dig deep and study this year? Like, like what, what are your Bible reading goals? What are your fasting goals? Do you want to fast a particular day of the week? Do you want to go on an extended fast? Like, what do you want to see from the fast? Like, like what are your goals? Creating habits in these areas begin to build this launch pad that we can truly become who God has called us to be. Is this okay today? All right, all right. I know, I know it's a little quiet, but I'm feeling the conviction too, okay? I'm feeling, I'm preaching myself. So as Pastor said last week, uh, and this comes from a, a, a book quote, Atomic Habits, which actually I'm going to start reading. For my, it's been recommended to me a million times. 
But uh, it, it says you don't rise to the level of your goals, but you will always fall to the level of your systems or you'll fall to the level of your habits. When we set a goal, we don't, our character doesn't immediately rise to achieve that goal when we set it. But the habits we do every day elevate us to the point of our goals. So if we have these, these, these you know, goals of success in the kingdom of God, and, and there's nothing wrong with setting goals and wanting to see success spiritually, by the way. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as it's for the right reason, knowing who we serve and what we're doing for his name, right? But if we don't build the habits to get us there, we're setting ourselves up for failure and discouragement every time. So uh, we'll talk about systems today. Um, and there's a powerful example of a man who had systems. Sister Carl and I were talking about this right before church. Because I can't, like, when I'm get, getting ready to preach or teach, I have a very hard time, like, holding it in and just waiting until the end. So I'm always talking to people. Um, so, so if you've heard some of this already, please just uh, pretend like it's good. Um, <laughs> but the powerful example of a man who had a system in his life is Daniel. If you've been in Spirit Life, we've talked about Daniel uh, extensively last year and this year. Because this was a man who had mastered habits in his life. Uh, so... Most people remember Daniel from the lion's den, right? Here's a fun fact. If you're in spirit life, pretend like you don't know this until now. Here's a fun fact. Did you know Daniel was probably 80 or 81 years old when he went into the lion's den? He was that old. He was an old man. I remember seeing pictures of Daniel in the lion's den when I was in Sunday school, and he looked pretty young to me. But he was an old, old guy. So he had, uh, you know we'll just say 80 years of life experience, building these habits to allow him to face down these lions and have faith in the Lord that whatever was going to happen, he's still living for God. He had all this life experience, all these years of prayer, fasting, faithfulness, trusting in God, obedience, to then allow him to stand in the midst of all these lions and God deliver him. And, him, and, and he still had faith in the Lord because of the systems he had built in his life. So Daniel, uh, I, I want to stick in Daniel 6.3 is where we're going to start. Daniel 6, verse 3. Um, at this point in Daniel's career, he was already a leader. Uh, he, he was a man who had favor. We know that he had favor with Nebuchadnezzar. And then he had favor under every administration he was in. So he was already a leader at this point. And this is what it says in the King James Version. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit. I, I love the way the King James talks about this. Because an excellent spirit was found in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Now, he was getting ready to be elevated to a new level of authority. And he had already rose through the ranks. Let's, let's talk about Daniel for a minute. Daniel was a man who, who built systems in his life, godly systems in his life from a young age. When he was uh, initially taken into captivity with um, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, which is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But I don't, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, that's their Babylonian names. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, that's their Hebrew names. 
But they were all taken around the same time and they came into captivity together. And, and you can see the, the systems they already had, the habits they had to do the will of God right away because they were given this diet. Uh, they were, the Babylonian government was, was taking, um, they were, by the way, they were royalty. I don't know if you guys knew this, but they were, they were nobles. They were, they were of wealthy family. But when they were taken, the Babylonian government was trying to assimilate them into Babylonian culture so they were teaching them the language, teaching them, you know, the stars that they studied, all this stuff. <clears throat> and part of the requirement was that they were given food from the king's table, from the king's meat. And going back to Sister Carla's point about Daniel loving the law, he knew that that meat did not match uh, the, the Levitical standard for their diet. So he was unwilling. It, 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 scripture actually says that he purposed in his heart I, I love that saying, that he made up his mind that he was going to serve God no matter what. So, so he said, no, I can't eat that stuff. Uh, just give us uh, basically vegetables and water, and that's all we're going to eat. And then, you know, you can judge us in 10 days, and we'll see, we'll see who's healthiest. Right? But, but the system he had was obedience and trust and faith in God. That he knew... Even though, you know, everybody was thinking these guys are going to be unhealthy, the, the prince or the, the eunuch that was put in charge of them said, no, I don't want to do that because you, you're not going to be healthy and then I'll get in trouble when you go before Nebuchadnezzar and all this stuff. But they had such faith in God, which is a habit, by the way. Everybody's given a measure of faith, but growing your faith is done intentionally and by a habit. So they had already built this habit of faith and trusting God that said it doesn't matter you know, what happens to us, we can't corrupt our bodies. We're going to eat this diet. So, so we see these systems in his life. So we come to this point in his, in his career where he's getting ready to be elevated once again to be a leader of the whole realm. And there was, historians say, about 120 other rulers or other, other leaders that were his peers that got upset by this. They, they, were, they were so mad that they tried to find a reason uh, or, or, or they tried to find some flaw in Daniel's character to bring him down and change uh, the king's mind that was trying to elevate Daniel. But what made Daniel stand out? What made him different? The systems in his life. The habits he had from a young man. So before... Uh, uh, he came into favor with the king and that created enemies in his life. They tried to find this flaw in his character and they couldn't find anything. Daniel chapter 6 verse 4, four and 5 actually says this, if you want to throw it up on the screen. The presidents and the, pre, the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So they looked at his character and could find no corruption in his character. Like what Pastor was talking about. He did his job right and well the first time. And he lived a moral life. They, they couldn't find anything to try and change this ruler's mind that Daniel was a bad guy. So then they chose that we have to attack him. They decided that they had to attack him in his relationship with God. And that was the only way that they were going to get him in trouble. So the story then goes on, 
and they convinced uh, they convinced Darius, um, who was the Persian ruler at this point in time, into issuing a decree to ban prayer to any god except Darius, except him, for 30 days. So this, this decree went out. Daniel knew about it. And the Bible says that he still went home and he prayed three times a day with his windows open, just like he had always done just like the day before. The habits that he had built in his life had become so ingrained in him that that's perfect, Pastor, that they became non-negotiable. That his prayer life was non-negotiable. It didn't matter what the law said that came down you know, from, from Darius. It didn't matter what the decree said. His prayer life said, I have to be in touch with God. I have to be intimate with God. Even if it's illegal, I still have to be with my king and my creator. That was what set Daniel apart, was this habit of prayer, fasting, and just being intentional about being in the presence of God every day. He prayed three times a day to make sure that he was keeping God in the center of his life, at the core of his being. But it all started with habits, with these small moments of prayer when he was young, that now when he's older and, you know, 80-some years old, facing a lion's den, his systems told him, you can't give up. You must press forward in what God wants you to do. That's what godly habits do in our life. That's what, when we start talking about spiritual discipline, I know nobody likes to hear the word discipline. Nobody, you know, nobody likes to get up and run every day. Well, some people do, I guess. They're nuts to me. But, but, I mean, think about this in in our personal life, right? Our flesh does not like discipline. We don't like to uh, get up and work out. Man, I hate working out. I got to tell you, I hate working out. I know it's good for me, but I don't like doing it, right? But but that's the point is we push ourselves to build these habits that aren't necessarily fun, that, you know, they seem small, they seem like we're not making any headway or whatever, but we start building these in our lives. So now, years down the road, we're not having heart attacks at 45 years old, you know, right? Think about it in your personal life, in your flesh. We're not having heart attacks, we're healthier, whatever. Now apply that spiritually. When we do these things like prayer, Bible reading, fasting, We're not dying and falling away in our spirit later in our life. There's keeping power in the habits that we build. Here's uh, Daniel's system. Daniel 6 verse 10. Can you throw that up on the board? Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house uh, and his windows being opened in his chambers toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. He's done this before. This isn't new territory. He didn't get scared by the decree and decide, well, I, I should probably start praying now. No, he had, he had built this in his life. Every day he prayed three times a day. And, and there's something called... Uh, anchor habits. 
They're, they're these, these key habits that then lead to success in other areas. I would argue prayer, Bible reading, fasting are anchor habits in our Christian walk with God. Because if we're in tune with the Lord through prayer, if we're reading His Word and allowing Him to speak to us on a daily basis, if, if we're fasting regularly to kill our flesh so we can hear from heaven better and receive spiritual power, we will love people the way God loves people. We will be intimate with God the way He wants it. So these anchor habits lead to further success. Never underestimate how God can start something big with one small habit. No one, get this, no one has ever accidentally become intimate with God. No one has ever accidentally stepped into the power that comes with the Holy Ghost. Nobody has ever accidentally stepped into a place of anointing. These things don't happen by accident. They happen by intention. It, you, you talk to, uh, I, I know they said this at, at Youth Congress, but this stuck with me. Um, when they were talking about these great men of God, like, like Lee Stone King and Brother Brown and all these people, he said, you think they prepped for their sermon by staying up playing video games all night? No. You, th you think they, they, they're able to witness and reach out to people because they just binge watch Netflix? No. It's because they take time to be intentional and schedule their prayer time and get in the word every day and make sure that God is at the center of everything. I'm telling you, spiritual disciplines make the difference in our walk with God. Again, I know it's not fun to talk about, but these disciplines will make the difference. You will become so intimate with God that you don't want to leave his presence. You will become so full of power and boldness that it doesn't matter who asks you about the hope that's in you, you'll have an answer. But it starts with spiritual disciplines. Here are some disciplines that we should have as a church and personally, prayer every day. Luke 18 and 1. I'm going to run through these fast, guys, so if you can keep up with me. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Always pray. Be in the word every day, Romans 15 and 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we may through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Be in the word, people. Fasting regularly, 1 Corinthians 9, 27 but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Meditation on God, Psalms 119.15. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I know I asked this in Spirit Life class, but when's the last time that we meditated on the Lord? It's something to think about. Memorizing scripture, Psalm 119.11, most of us can quote this one. That word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Keeping God's word is a habit. Obedience is a habit. Psalm 119.1-5. through 5. It says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with, their, with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Keeping God's word is a habit. A great way to start these habits are to focus on one or two each year. Craig Groeschel said this, for, for those of you who know him. He said that when, when he began walking with the Lord, he would focus on 
one or two things that he needed, a, a new habit, a new spiritual discipline every year. And now, you know, he's in his 50s. And he would say, you know, some years it, it, it didn't work, so I had to try again the next year. You know, and some years it didn't work two years in a row, so I'd try again the third year. But eventually it stuck. And now 20-some years down the road, that's 20-some-odd spiritual disciplines added to your life. So a great way to start these, foc- these habits are to focus on one or two each year and build them into your life. So based on who God has called you to be, what is one habit that you can start now? That's what I want to ask you. What is one spiritual discipline that you can ingrain in yourself this year? 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 says this, uh, if you want to throw that up there. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priest. This is who you're called to be. A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Based on that call, what is just one thing that we can do this year? Maybe it's maybe if you're not praying now, maybe it is to pray. Maybe if, if you're not in the Word, maybe it is to get in the Word. Or maybe it's to expand your reading time. Maybe it's to expand your prayer time. You, you know, these, these are things um, that ultimately lead to greater success in the kingdom. So maybe we need to start one of these habits right now, prayer, reading, regular fasting, meditation, keeping his word. God honors these systems in our life because these systems honor him. Let's talk about the habit loop for a second. I mentioned this a little bit a little bit earlier. It starts with a trigger. Every habit starts with a trigger. There's something uh, that you experience, something that you feel, something that you see that then causes a behavior or an action in the habit loop vocabulary or a response Uh, so based on what we feel see experience we do things like eat when you feel hungry you eat sometimes when you feel stressed you eat that's my problem Um, get out of bed when you hear your alarm or hit snooze when you hear your alarm but either way that's a habit and it's based on that trigger or uh, uh, you know Brushing our teeth because our alarm went off and we're out of bed. So we go brush our teeth. And then there's a reward that always comes with it. Is that when you eat because you're hungry, you feel full. That's your reward. You're satisfied. Or when you stress eat, you feel less stressed, hopefully. After you've had, you know, two chimichangas and some rice and beans. I'm ready for a nap at that point. Um, <laughs> I'm just being honest with you guys, okay? I'm just trying to be honest. Um, Or maybe getting out of, you hear your alarm, you get out of bed, you make your bed, and you feel accomplished because you did something right away in the morning. Or you, you hear your alarm, you hit snooze, you get a couple extra minutes of sleep. That's your reward. You know, so, so there's three parts to these habits. It's the trigger, the response, and the reward, and then they, it, it creates a cycle. And then after the reward, there's always another trigger, always another response, always another reward. See, this is why New Year's resolutions fail, because we don't focus on the trigger and the reward. We just focus on the action. I want to pray more. Okay, when are you going to pray? Right, like what's going to cause you to pray? Because if you're not praying, it's very hard to just say, I'm going to pray every day. 
and not set yourself up for success. So maybe it's, I'm going to set in a, a second alarm after I get out of bed. That reminds me to pray today. Right? And then ultimately the reward, intimacy with God. Greater capacity be used by him. You know, people that just show up in your life that, that God is using you to minister to. That's the reward. Right? We're storing up our treasures in heaven, not here. So the two things that we need to do when we build a new habit is to start with the trigger and the action. So make the trigger obvious, right? An alarm uh, to tell you to pray, an alarm to tell you, I'm an alarm person, a, you know, a to-do list, notifications on my phone. So, like, if that's your thing, do it. Maybe it's getting up, write a to-do list, and check it off as you go. Like, make your trigger obvious for you, something that will remind you to do something. And then also, make the action easy. Because it's difficult... When you're at a point in your life where you're maybe praying 15 minutes a day to say, I'm going to pray, start praying for two hours tomorrow, two hours a day tomorrow. I'm just going to start every day, two hours a day tomorrow. That, that can be difficult. So maybe it's, if you're not praying, start with 15 minutes a day. Like just somewhere, just start somewhere. Because what happens when you start building these habits, they then grow. I promise you, if you're not praying today and you make a commitment to pray 15 minutes every day, you'll watch that 15 minutes turn into 30 minutes, turn into an hour, turn into praying all day long and not wanting to leave the presence of God. Same thing with reading your Bible. Maybe start with a verse a day or whatever, a chapter a day, whatever you need to do. You watch that verse a day turn into a couple verses, turn into a chapter, turn into two chapters, three chapters, turn into not wanting to put your Bible down, turn into every, all of your free time in your life turns into prayer and Bible reading. Imagine the way God could use us if that was our lifestyle. So make the action easy. Make the trigger obvious. You'll develop a hunger for more if you start with a little. The reward is closeness to God, being used in the kingdom, blessings, intimacy with God. Then the cycle begins again. Successful people do consistently what unsuccessful people do occasionally. That's true. In the world, we see it in the Bible too, with spiritual leaders, with the people that were used greatly in the Bible. They did, th they did, they did the things consistently that the regular person did occasionally. Let's look at some examples. So we see that all throughout the Bible. Daniel prayed three times a day and fasted. We talked about him. He did consistently what regular people did occasionally. Abraham prayed and listened to God daily. He did consistently what regular people do occasionally. David prayed daily, meditated constantly, and worshiped always. He did consistently what regular people do occasionally. Paul prayed daily, fasted often, and gave himself to be persecuted. He did consistently what regular people do occasionally. That saying is just as true in the spirit as it is, you know, as our world likes to say it. We have to do these things consistently and God will grow, grow us in capacity. Uh, it, it, it's amazing um, the result of these spiritual disciplines. So let's all stand real quick. Oh, beautiful. I hit my time commitment to myself. I didn't tell you guys I wasn't going to be long, but in my head I said I got to cut it short. I got to start cutting it short because I'll keep you guys here for an hour and a half. So I want to ask you just one more time as we recap. What set Daniel apart? 
You can, you can answer it. Bring the heat. Consecration. His habits, yeah. Consecration, his systems, his habits. The, the way he lived his life. What was that, Brother Rob? The Lord set him apart, yes. So these, his system, praying three times a day, fasting, knowing the law, studying the law, that is what set him apart because when you start building in these habits that honor God, God will honor you, right? God gives favor and God allows you to be in favor with the people above you if it's in his will, right? We see that with Daniel. We saw it with Joseph too. Same thing with Joseph. The systems in his life allowed him to be elevated. Daniel, the systems in his life allowed him to be elevated because he honored God with his habits. And he started at a young age, made up his mind one time, I'm going to serve God no matter what. And then started building the habits to do that, to accomplish that uh, uh, decision. Just like we saw in that video, the domino effect. You, you knock over one domino, you make one step, and it leads to the next, leads to the next, leads to the next. Until eventually you get enough momentum as we saw uh, in this video and you can start tipping bigger dominoes, bigger bigger impact, larger steps. Uh, uh, you can start moving leaps and bounds. You can start advancing like you never could before. If we honor God with our habits, He will honor us. Living for God is all about discipline. Can we go to Galatians 5, verses 16 through 18 real quick? You know, it's amazing how the scripture always uh, correlates our life or our lifestyle with a walk or a path. or, 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 you know, in this case, we see walking in the spirit. This I say then, walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. So walking in the spirit, we don't do this by accident. You don't just wake up one day and all of a sudden you're walking in the spirit. You don't just wake up one day and all of a sudden you're walking with God with no intentionality. We have to be intentional about our walk with God. We do. We have to make the decision that we want to walk with Him first and then build the habits to do it. Walking with God or walking in the Spirit is the result of intentional spiritual disciplines. Can we go to Galatians 5, 24 and 25? And this is where I want to wrap it up. Galatians chapter 5, 24 and 25. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So in order to do this, I want to challenge you, right? Because in public speaking, they tell you, you always got to leave somebody with a challenge. (laughs) So... But I want to challenge you today. Think, as as we have an altar call. You know what? Let's all come down real quick. Let's all altar call. Everybody that's comfortable, come on down. We're going to start altar call. And and 
begin praying about, about what we've heard. But I want to challenge you that as you're praying, start thinking about and ask the Lord, what is my next step to take? What is the next spiritual discipline, the next habit that I need to build in my life? Maybe for somebody, it's I need to pray every day. Maybe, maybe for another person, it's I need to read the Bible every day or I need to at least do a devotion every day or something just to, to connect with God in that way. Maybe it's, I, I want to start fasting. I've never fasted before. Whatever it is, ask the Lord what your next step is. And then once we're done praying about it today, this is what I would challenge you to do. Write it down. Write it down so you can remind yourself where God wants to take you the next step in your life and then develop uh, like we talked about that that habit loop figure out how can I make this new habit a reality in my life what do I need to do do I need to set an alarm on my phone do I need to you know write down a to-do like what do I need to do in order to make this a reality in my life that's my challenge for you so let's all lift our hands and begin asking the Lord what's the next step he wants us to take Lord, give us your plan for our life right now. Give us the spiritual habit you want us to take. Take us to a place right now, Lord Jesus, where you speak clearly to our heart and our life. And as we sing this song, as the worship team ministers over us and sings it over us, let this be our prayer, I pray, that we release control to you, God, and we take the little thing that we can do, the habit that we can start, and we make a huge spiritual impact.